0: Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of the Pharmadelic Experience Podcast. This is your host, David Kolosic. In this episode, we went to the other side of the world. Well, actually, not the other side, but to a different continent, the Middle East. Specifically, Dubai, where I spoke with Stefan Gergic about his still ongoing internship at the Research Institute for Health and Medical Sciences. We were discussing his beginnings, his interest in science, him finding the opportunity, as well as not only moving abroad, but also moving to a place with completely different culture and life philosophy. Stefan passionately shared the thrill of working in research and development, especially metabolomics and drug analysis and development. From perspective of pharmaceutical industry, Stefan emphasized the fact that the UAE is a newly developed country, providing him the opportunity to be introduced to the other aspects of R&D. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Hey, Stefan, how's it going? Hey, David, Go,
1: doing well. How are you?
0: I'm, I'm great, thank you. I've heard that you've just graduated just last week. Congratulations. How was that? Thank you,
1: David. Like, feeling is really amazing because I can actually start doing the things that I really wanted to do for a really long time. But for all of this stuff, I needed to be to acquire my degree. So it's really exciting. Yeah, this is just the beginning,
0: like all the things you've learned. Once you graduate, you realize, oh, it's actually just the start of everything. So
1: it's quite exciting to start your career. Exactly. Like during the graduation process, I, I was thinking, okay, it is the end of a chapter. But then I realized it's not the end. It's actually the beginning of a new one. And to be honest, I'm really excited what... Is currently ahead of me so I'm really excited to see what's going to happen from this moment. A few days
0: ago we ran the poll on the Pharmadelic Telegram channel and most okay. of the people were interested in research and development and this is what you've done
1: recently in Dubai so you've done your internship? Well technically speaking I'm still currently participating in their internship but due to the fact that I had to graduate I came to Serbia just to finish all of the stuff all of the paperwork and everything As we speak, I'm going back to Dubai next Sunday to finish a couple of research projects that I'm currently conducting. Okay. I heard about this opportunity from a friend of mine who encouraged me to apply for International Association for Exchange of Students for Technical Experience, commonly known as IESTE, which is an internship program that offers internship for technical sciences and pharmacy students as well in various companies and universities itself. So I applied for it. They were looking for my transcript of records, my knowledge of English. And based on that, they judged me, so to say. And after the evaluation process, they were looking for my CV, motivation letter. And I generate that into the IESTA system. Afterwards, a couple of university and companies were technically fighting over you. So they're sending you offers, a couple of offers and I was actually supposed to choose one of them.
0: You actually had multiple offers you could choose from.
1: Technically speaking, yes. And after evaluating all of the stuff that has been offered and taking into consideration places I have never visited, and that would be interesting, but also with the interesting research opportunities, I chose why not go in Dubai. It's an emerging market when it comes to pharmacy. Research facilities are brand new, University of Sharjah is in the top five Asian universities, so I was like, why not, let's go for it.
0: So you just packed your bags and bought a one-way ticket to Dubai and that was it. How was the beginning? Like, what, Did you have any culture shock moving from Europe to the
1: Middle East? Technically speaking, originally I'm from Bosnia, so Islam is practiced in Bosnia, so that when you shift from Bosnia to Middle East, it's completely other feeling. I gotta admit, I was thinking, okay, maybe I should adapt. I will adapt quickly because I'm familiar with the religion, I'm familiar with the culture and everything. But when I realized, it's completely different because it's a great diversity of people in one place. Because not only uh, there are many Arab people, there are many Indian people, Filipinos, people from all around the Europe, especially especially from UK. People from America, New Zealand, Canada, it's a really mixed international environment, which was, truth be told, what I was not expecting in the first place. But certain customs were, so to say, difficult to adapt to due to the fact that religion plays a really important part in the society, which was really impressive, so to say. So I adapted quickly. I was really surprised how quickly I adapted to the environment. So it was really exciting to experience new culture, new customs, and stuff like that, and learn about people. It was really exciting, I got it in
0: And I think this last bit you said, like learning about people is the most important one because it opens up your mind, isn't it? You start realizing that all the things you see in the news sometimes isn't really the, the truth.
1: Exactly. People have prejudices about Arab countries. To be told, my parents were not supportive of the fact that I'm going to UAE and everything, but... I was like, okay, I'm, um, I, need to see, I need to see it and experience it myself before making a final decision and final opinion. Media are, are misrepresenting the Arab countries in the terms of what Arab, Arab countries are about, what Islam is about. At the end of the day, these are all people, like everybody else, everybody else. And what is really impressive about Arab culture is the fact when I arrived... I was new. I was one of the few Europeans working in the Institute. And they greeted me with open, our open arms. They provided me help with anything I needed. Every single thing that I asked for to be explained, clarified, navigated, they were literally pick up my hand and I was like, okay, like a, like a child. Okay, let's go. We will show you around. Literally, they were, they were ready to do that, which was really impressive. So, from the start, I had a really amazing, healthy working environment. And the whole thing was in English, like the communication? Yes. The official language at universities, generally in the UAE, is English. People are, due to the fact, it's international because there are many Indian students as well. There are many Arab students, Emirati students, Pakistani. So it's pretty much mixed yes people are communicating who are speaking the same language are speaking in the same language in mm, such so a casual environment but officially english uh, they're doing studies and research in english
0: so that was uh that was quite good for you and like in general is it also quite easy to communicate with general public like in the in the grocery stores in the i don't know pharmacy etc or how is that
1: All of the people in UAE are really educated because people, all the people that have actually moved to UAE are uh, moved there because of career opportunities. UAE is emerging country in business, in general, not just in pharmacy, not just in education, but in global. So all of the people that have come in UAE were looking for other opportunities, career advancement, et cetera, et cetera. So English being the international language of business and education currently. Was mandatory for all people to know. Also, to, it's needed to take to be taken into consideration that all of the companies there are either American or European, from Europe mostly from UK. So, in that perspective, it was basically navigated English to be, you know, so to say, official language like in everyday speech. Right. So, it's, like from that perspective, it was quite easy to adapt as well. Exactly.
0: Coming back to your research project, so what was the focus of your research and like, how did that go?
1: Well, uh, when I got the offer, it wasn't specifically said what kind of research it's supposed to be done. They enlisted many research projects they're currently conducting. A research institute where I'm currently working called Research Institute for Health and Medical Sciences are currently working on Alzheimer's disease, Parkinson's disease, and cancer. And there are many projects that they're conducting which are related to these diseases. So when I actually first entered the Institute, I was interviewed by the director of the Institute. He wanted to know about my academic background, research that I have done so far. And after that interview, he navigated me, also with my approval, to start my internship in the integrated analytical lab where my first project was just to evaluate my overall performances and my qualifications to do some small stuff, ana- analysis of vitamins, pharmaceuticals, you're using various instrumental methods. And once I have done that successfully, I've gained, so to say, promotion to do a little bit more complex and interesting stuff, like metabolomic studies, which basically means analysis of metabolites in cell samples. Okay. Okay. That, uh, to be told, it was new for me. I know what metabol- metabolomics are all about, but I have never had the opportunity to conduct that kind of research. Speaking of science, metabolomics is an emerging field right now, and there are so many methods uh, that have been, that can be used to determine metabolites in biological samples, among them in cells as well. But due to the fact that this kind of research is sophisticated, it needs cultivating all the cells, treating cells, keeping them in proper temperature, and also sample preparation needs to be a little bit sophisticated, monitored, and it was really difficult for me because I never had experience with it. It was difficult, but also exciting at the same time. I get the opportunity to do something new, something that I had never done before. So that was actually thrilling, to be honest.
0: And that's really good. And you also had all the, like you said, modern state of the art
1: equipment to do all your research as well. Exactly. Exactly. Institute itself is like five years old. So all of the equipment are literally brand new from LCMS, from GCMS, bunch of UVs, HPLCs, and that kind of stuff. But when you realize that you have the opportunity to work with this cutting edge equipment, you need to treat it carefully as well okay equipment is expensive and the maintenance is also expensive so you need to you know um, how to put it optimize everything that you that you're currently doing because analysis needed to be repeated many 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 times in order to be statistically acceptable so that was also a little bit of a challenge as well
0: and how were your results in the end did you have any promising results that you could build upon
1: Actually, I did, because when I was, since, as I said, like, I didn't have much, a uh, bunch of knowledge about the topic, so it, uh, just to prepare, uh, just for me to prepare the experimental part took a little while, which needed, uh, which needed to me to consult current literature, to consult a couple of professors that, international professors outside of UAE who have been working in similar topic, consulting a couple of my colleagues who are on their PhDs, uh, if to see if they have any kind of experience and stuff like that. Basically using my network just to see, see, okay, what has been done so far, just to narrow the pathway. Unfortunately, I wasn't that lucky in that department. And then I realized, okay, I need to start experimenting. And then I realized, okay, let's put it in simple terms, what I already know about, uh, about the sample itself, about cancer cells. And what is the end product, so to, uh, what I need to do before analyzing it. And then I started experimenting in the middle part, which solvent to add, setting the pH, and then repeating a couple of, uh, treat, uh, sorry, treating other samples the same, the same way in order to get acceptable results. In first cycle, I didn't get good results, which was okay, you know, I was experimenting. But then I realized I got some results that I can actually rely on and optimize the, the experiment itself. Okay, maybe I shouldn't add this amount of, uh, of solvent. Maybe I should add more or should add less. I don't like the pH is not working for me. Maybe I should decrease the pH level and therefore get better results. So it was a little bit, it was time consuming to get optimal results. I, uh, I mean, scientifically speaking, uh, I got the results in two months, which was really quick. Scientifically speaking, but you know, when you're working in the lab and when you're focusing on one project, it can be a little bit, you know, hectic and you know nerve-wracking when you're not getting good results and when you're optimizing repeating the experiment in the same way with different ratios and stuff, because just to get perfect just to get reasonable results, so to say. But at the end of the day, project was really successful. University of Georgia and the Research Institute can actually say that we are going to publish a research out of the project that, I'm, uh, that, I'm, that I have conducted. Very so nice. it's really nice. It's really nice.
0: So actually the things that you've learned and all these results yielded some success in the end, right? So I think one of the key keywords we're looking at is grit and also the patience. And I think that's one of the things that's very important in in research. But you also mentioned network because you had to have some collaborations and some help from the outside. Exactly. What's your take on the network? Like how how important was this in your research?
1: Well, uh, it was. People have opinion that working in science is like, oh, you get the opportunity to work with the amazing stuff, with amazing chemicals, with cell samples, with amazing instruments and everything. That is true. But you're all you're not working on your own. You're working with a team of people. You have other research assistants, professors, lab officers, technicians, there are a bunch of people. All of these people are having different areas of expertise, so it's actually really good interna- uh, interprofessional collaboration. But also since I was technically in charge of my project, uh, along with my supervisor, I was the one that actually needed to navigate through the whole thing and also think of an uh, to think of an experiment. So, okay, let's see what has been done so far. Maybe my colleagues know someone who has conducted similar experiment, so, which led me contacting a couple of, as I said, a couple of professors, a couple of my research assistants, who led me to one of the professors in Australia who have conducted similar research. But unfortunately, as I said, I didn't get... Uh, get the optimal feedback—the feedback that I was actually looking for—which, in a way, is good as well. Because okay, I did that part. I utilized my network. I mean, it's a re- even no information is really helpful information as well. That's true. And you said you're
0: coming back to Dubai next week, so to continue with some follow-up studies. What will that all be about?
1: Well, yes. So since uh, since I have acquired much uh, so much experience working there, and I showed up my competences. I was actually awarded with opportunity to start a research project of my own. And I was generating a couple of ideas. And as I was doing my graduation project, which is about the comparative analysis of omega-3 fatty acids in dietary supplements based on microalgaes, I realized, okay, there's certain stuff missing during the research that I was doing, generating the introduction part why Why are these stuff, why are the omega-3 fatty acids are so interesting for scientific research? Which led me to idea, okay, maybe I should do a similar study for the omega-3s. Take a, cell, a couple of cell lines, treat omega-3s in this manner, and see what's going to happen. Because there, so far, there are not many research in this department. So it was like, why not? and suggested this to both my supervisor in Dubai and supervisor in Novi Sad to create a collaboration. Let's start with cell samples in Dubai and then work with biological samples in Serbia because it needs to be taken into consideration the financial aspect. You know, at the end of the day, some research are really amazing, but also very expensive, so they just remained in theory but taking into consideration the financial department, the financial aspect, you can, uh, a really amazing research projects can be run overall.
0: So you've actually done a very nice collaboration between two countries, on two continents.
1: Exactly, exactly. I mean, as a matter of fact, I need to send a platform proposal that needs to go through a couple of sponsors that we have contacted. One of them are universities themselves, So we shall see how is it going on.
0: That's very nice. I hope this goes really well for you. Do you have any specific advice you would give to people who would like to continue their careers or start their careers in research and development?
1: Well, there's one thing that is needed to be taken into consideration. Science is also a very good business. Because at the end of the day, when you're having a project, when you have an idea that project needs to be presented as well to both other researchers, professors, people who have really strong academic background in that department, but also to benefactors. In certain situations, these two group of people will be attending in the same meeting, at the same room, at the same time. So what is needed to be taken into consideration when these kind of stuff are presented is to optimize the level of Science terminology and common language as well. So, in order to ca- catch the attention of the researchers, academic, academic, and research and science terms needed to be used, but summarized in common language in order for benefactors to understand. That can be either chancellors, universities, companies, it depends. So, that aspect is often lost when. It's talked about science and research and development. so this is need to be taken into consideration. If my
0: understanding is correct, you also need the money, you need the sponsorships to go like to have this project going on. So there's some business aspect on the other side as well, isn't it?
1: Of course, of course. I mean, great experiments call, uh, comes with great price because laboratory equipment needed to be checked uh, whether we whether the laboratory facility and research facility, has all the optimal conditions, instruments and everything. Once that is done, chemical inventory uh, is is something that needs to be analyzed. Do we have that chemical? Do we have that drug? Do we have that uh, conditions to treat that cell line, like cell medias and stuff like that? So there are a bunch of stuff when before actually starting their experiment that taking into consideration the financial part, often before actually, Presenting the project itself, financial part, uh, financial part is discussed first. Okay, uh, okay. I love the idea, but what about the funding? So then it's also
0: important to develop skills like, um, well, first of all, understanding business, understanding the numbers, but then also negotiation skills, presentation skills and all that, right? What would be your advice for people how to develop this in their studies?
1: Soft skills are really important in in science department as well because you need to actually See the other how is other party interacting with you? What is their opinion of it? And actually, adapt the story to their ears, so to say. Some people, some people are careful listeners, and they will dedicate time to you. Some people are, are okay, I have a couple of minutes. So, fill me in what's going on, and I will say, am I interested or not? So, actually, developing soft skills and is really crucial in science as well. So. Luckily, there's a bunch of opportunities and it's really emerging, uh, these soft skills trainings, both through EPSA, through Congresses. So it's a really good opportunity for students to actually engage in these kind of activities. It's really beneficial, really, really beneficial.
0: And I think I can, I can agree with you on this. I was also one of those people who decided to develop themselves early on in the studies. And now looking through my career, like all these soft skills that developed back then, are so much helpful. Like it's it's really useful to know how to present things concisely, how to negotiate, how to listen, how to present things, et cetera. So I think I agree on, on you with this one that like, if possible, it doesn't matter if you're in the first year of your studies or at the end of your studies, you should just keep developing yourself, not only academically, but also from the personal professional side of soft skills.
1: Of course, of course, because it's a part of who we are as well. So it's not just beneficial for professional development, but also personal development as well. But I would also add one more thing, which is for me specific. A certain level of enthusiasm and motivation needs to exist when presenting, because if you need to believe in, your, in the idea you are actually presenting in order for other party to accept it. And I believe in this as well, because
0: enthusiasm and passion are two things that are contagious. So people,
1: people can feel it, People can see it and they like it exactly exactly which is amazing about for me in science because okay everything is perfect everything is amazing but if I believe in the idea if I really like what I'm currently doing and if I'm able to persuade the other party okay this is a good stuff because I'm passionate about what I'm saying what I'm doing what I'm thinking so as you said, it's really contagious thing. It's going to, it's going all around the room, not just to the other party.
0: Yeah. And I think this extends to all aspects of life, including the job interviews, your career progression, your hobbies, personal relationships. I think it, it, it comes to every single aspect of your life.
1: Of course. Of course. I mean, to be honest, I'm really passionate speaking about this stuff right now. So yeah, Exactly. Makes
0: it makes it seem well, makes it like sound interesting. Exactly. Looking at your future, what's what what are your plans after coming back from Dubai or how long do you plan to stay there?
1: For now, my contract is till 15th of April. So by that time I need to finish all the projects that I'm currently working on. There are really interesting projects that need to be finished, some that need to needed to be started. So I'm really looking forward to that to that new start. But when it comes to after an internship, honestly, let's find out. I mean, pharmacy is a broad discipline. It's not a science, it's a discipline. It's a connection of both chemistry, biology, medicine, social sciences as well. It needs to be taken into consideration when you're thinking about the basic, uh, what pharmacy is all about, working in community pharmacy, because you're working with patients. But also when you're working in with a group of people, actually with a team of people, you actually need to know how to interact with them and understand what is, going, what is going on inside the company and inside the pharmacy, inside the research facility as well. So it's really exciting you know, to actually pursue a career in this discipline overall, which is what pharmacy is all about. This, it's an amazing field. I think it
0: is and it's so broad, like it gives you so many amazing options and also like switching between careers because like you said, it's not just not just one way, it's like a whole discipline that's interconnected. Because yeah, like you said, at the end of the day, we're looking at the patient and how we can, you know, improve and save lives.
1: Exactly, exactly. And you know, my life philosophy when it comes not just my professional development but my personal development is that nothing in life is to be feared it's only to be understood so when you see something that you are unfamiliar with go for it it's interesting you know because as a scientist i'm curious and as a scientist i always ask myself why why am i doing this why am i have chose this chosen this method why did i get results like this why my conclusion is like this so If you lose that why factor, and if you start stop asking yourself that why question, it's time for change. Literally, it's time for change.
0: I agree with you on this one. So as long as you have the curiosity and the passion going on, just continue with this. If you feel that this is not what it used to be, then think again.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: Stephanie, it was a pleasure having you on this podcast. It was a really nice conversation. I've learned a lot, but like we'll keep in touch anyway. So maybe we'll speak again in a few years and see how you progressed in your career. But until then, I wish you all the best with your research, with your, let's say, starting a professional career. And yeah,
1: keep in touch. Definitely, David. Thank you so much for having me here. It's really exciting to be among all those four people before me uh, on this podcast, so it's really exciting. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share my experience and my views on pharmacy and professional and personal development as well. Thank you for listening to
0: the Pharmodelic Experience Podcast. You can follow Pharmodelic on Instagram and Facebook at Pharmodelic and follow me on LinkedIn. Just search for my name, David Kolosich. You can also subscribe to our Telegram channel at PharmaDelic to be the first one to receive job listings, career advice and similar directly to your mobile every day. I hope you enjoyed the content and if you did, please help us out by sharing with your friends. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on your favorite platform to always keep up. This is David, signing off.